everyone. Welcome to the podcast where I share my journey writing my first novel. I am a small business owner and entrepreneur living on the coast of Maine with my cat and my husband. Before we get started, I would like you to please subscribe to my mailing list. It's linked in the episode and podcast descriptions, and all I'm asking for is an email and a name, just a first name, and I will email you whenever the heck my first novel is ready. I am so full of pent-up energy right now, and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do with myself. It's one of those days where I do something where I share something on social media and check it like every five seconds. Does anyone else do that? Because that's what I've been doing. Um, I made a post. Oh, actually, I should bring this post up because I think that it's a good discussion point maybe to start this off with. So today I'm actually going to talk about Avatar 2 a little bit, the movie, um, the James Cameron one that we've all been breathlessly waiting for. And I'm also going to talk about reading while you're editing, reading your your work out loud, not reading a book because that would be impossible. Um, and also, just this. I wanted to bring this up because I made a commitment earlier this year to do better, to do better for Black Americans and to put my money where my mouth is as well. Like, we need to lift up Black Americans. And I know not all of you are. In America uh, that listen to this but this is you know relevant to me and I'm in America so I'm gonna just talk about that for a bit so the thing is I I am um, I'm on this journey for finding new works to read and I've mentioned that in the last episode and I'm really excited to be on this new reading journey and looking for what interests me the most but I also made this commitment to only buy books by black authors. And that's definitely not an impossible task. But there are questions that have been percolating in my mind since I've decided to do so. And I have yet to buy any books that are not by black authors. But here's the thing. Here are the thoughts that, that go through my mind, and really I don't have answers to these questions, and I just kind of wanted to voice them out loud, put them into the world, and just, you know, it's just food for thought. So, one of the questions that I wonder is where the money goes when you buy a book. And this can go for anyone, just any old person. Even So, the question is... If the book is still in print, or if it's not still in print, where does that money go? Does it benefit the author? Does it benefit the author's family? Or does it just go to a company? And if it just goes to the company, is it owned by 
a bunch of white people profiting off of black writers, or um, I actually looked up Octavia Butler's um, publishing house, and it looked pretty progressive. I'm sure it's likely owned by white people, or maybe it's not. I don't know. I didn't look that deeply, but it was... um, it looked like a pretty good company to support. Just like my company, We Speak, my, my modeling agency. I'm a white person. I own, I'm the only one running this place. And then I've got one employee. Um, so it's definitely white owned, but I am really in it for the cause. So it's like just questioning where your money goes when you buy not only just a book, but just anything question where your money goes because now more than ever I think that's an important thing to question yeah I'm just gonna leave it at that because it is an important thing the other thought that goes through my head when I am thinking along this topic is does it still count if the money is going to some corrupt white company and not to the black author not to the black author's family if they're dead Does it still count as, you know, enriching yourself, especially if it's complete fiction? If it's, you know, science fiction, fantasy, written by a black author, does it still count as enriching yourself and enriching your perspectives? I think it would, but that, I don't think that's up for me to decide. And then where are all of the hidden gems? Because Octavia Butler passed away and... I think it was 2006. And this book that I just bought called Lion's Blood by Stephen Barnes, I don't even think is still in circulation. So I actually bought it from a Goodwill in California who shipped it to me through Amazon. So I don't know where that money goes, I guess, to the Goodwill um, and to Amazon, which, you know, we should probably... (laughs) try our best to take money away from Amazon, take our money somewhere else. Um, So I know this sounds like I'm overthinking things, but these things are important. And also I encourage you all to kind of look at where your money goes. Um, One of the things that I did decide because my reading journey is so specific and I really want to find the books that are great for me. Um, I decided to offset any book that I buy that is by a white author with a black author book, if that makes sense. And not everyone's going to get it. Not everyone's going to be on the same page as me or on the same page as Black Lives Matter Um, but I am very much against all lives matter because that's not, it's just a contradiction. It's just a way to undermine black people even more. So just to be clear on my thoughts, if I haven't already made them clear, um, that said, the whole reason why I'm so pent up today And the reason why I needed to get outside and go for this walk in the first place is because my husband called me on his lunch break at 10.30 a.m. And I was 
in the middle of reading my work out loud, editing it, doing great, feeling pretty good. It's a Saturday morning, feeling great. And he tells me that James Cameron hired a linguist, whatever you want to call him, to create a sign language for the Navi in Avatar 2. And my mind was blown because I think this goes to a wider discussion of the timing of a topic or the timing of a certain genre. And I feel like the timing of my genre, as I'm getting ready to finish this book, is going to be just right on the nose. I think that it's very possible that when my book goes out, it could be the one thing that year or whatever. It could be the one thing that blows up. Who knows? Like, I'm very optimistic. I'm hopeful. Um, I obviously want that to happen. I want that to manifest and that's my dream. But in the back of my mind, I also think logically that could be something that could happen. And the reason why I think that, not only because, well, actually it is very entwined with with Avatar. Um, Avatar 1, the first movie, The Blue People, James Cameron, um, it was my favorite movie. It's still my favorite movie of all time. And I've watched it so many times. Uh, I don't know what year that was in, but I remember him saying that there was going to be a number two and it was going to be underwater. And it would release in 2014. And I was so excited and I waited and I waited and then finally it was 2014, but it was delayed. And then ever since then, I kept watching every year, maybe even sometimes every couple of months, I would look at when Avatar 2 was going to come out. I was so excited. Um, and it kept getting delayed. And so finally, finally, it was going to be 2021, December 2021. You know, it was actually finally supposed to be 2019, I think, or 2020. But obviously, that changed too. So it was finally firm. Disney had bought, bought, you know, the rights or whatever, had sponsored whatever. Disney got involved, and it was firm. It was not changing. Then the pandemic hit, and this June, they delayed Avatar 2 again. Which, for the first time, I am actually incredibly happy about it because I think the timing of my book has to be perfect and I also I guess I'm a very competitive person but I'm a competitive in a way that makes me extremely extremely anxious and as you all know by now most likely I'm a bit of a workaholic I take on a lot at at a time um I run myself down sometimes and I just get so stressed. I'm just a stress ball. So when I think about Avatar 2, because it's underwater and because my next books, after I write my first one, are going to be 90%, 95% underwater, I get really stressed out about Avatar 2 taking my spotlight or making it so that people think that I am copying Avatar 2. Oh, sorry.
sorry about the wind. It's been gusty for a little while, and I think, I think we've got a little bit of the, um, the weird haze from the, the fires on the west coast again. We had it for three days here several weeks ago because of a jet stream took it over to the east coast, which is crazy because that's over 3,000 miles. Um, but yeah, it's a little windy and hazy today. So the, what I'm getting at here is that I'm extremely anxious about Avatar 2, but also there's a, there's a bigger story here. There's a bigger story about timing, and I guess time will only tell whether or not I was right, and whether or not Avatar 2 will either boost my own book if I have it out by before Avatar 2 comes out. Um, I really don't want to have that out after Avatar 2, though. Even, even though the first book is not underwater. The first book is mostly like 99% above water. And then the subsequential books that are going to be in a series together are thousands of years later. And 95% underwater the entire time. I'm more worried about those, but at the very least, if I get my first book out to set the tone and set like the path of evolution that I've got in mind and kind of set a date, a specific date that happens before Avatar 2 is out, I will be relatively happy and especially, it is actually possible for me to get a second book out before December 2022. And this just goes back to, I'm rushing myself. And I probably shouldn't be rushing myself, but I'm also still taking my time to do quality work. And I'm still chipping away at it little bits at a time. But there's just that nagging feeling in the back of my head that Avatar 2 is either going to mess with my own launch or it's going to make it great and there's really no way of telling and I at the very least need to get my book out just before December 2022. That's, that's the moral of my story and I think the reason why it's important for me to share this is one, to get out my energy. I'm going for this great walk in the wind and the haze and the weird orangey sunlight. Um, just to clear my head because I haven't been able to do that lately because I've been inside sitting on emails um, all month really. All of October I've hardly gotten any walks in. And even though my work has been slow, I've literally just been so anxious and excited about this new class that I'm taking and about just chipping away at my novel that I'm letting everything else kind of slide away. But it's important to still get outside and exercise because it doesn't just exercise your body, it does exercise your mind and I can always feel it. When I get refreshed, when I go outside, I can always feel that I'm, that I'm gonna be doing better. And it's like, if you take breaks in between your writing, I think your writing can be stronger 
God, this wind is annoying me. Sorry. I keep changing directions because it keeps changing directions. <laughs> So, yeah, for example, I was working on a new scene that I'm writing. I'm kind of stitching together scenes with other scenes that I have to write from scratch. But I have to write them from scratch and edit them almost at the same time. And so it's really, really intensive. Um, and it's taking a long time. But I was writing this new scene and I wasn't super happy with it and then as I got along I was going through the motions of what needed to happen and um, I read through it and I was happy with the first two pages actually and then what happened was I realized most of the last the last two pages were kind of crap and I realized exactly what needed to happen. I realized that it needed to be a quicker pace and that I needed to amp that up and cut out a lot of extra words because I was trying to be fancy. And um, anyways, I, I slept on it and this morning I fixed the, the speed issue and fixed those two pages, um, tightened them up. And it was all because I was able to sleep on it. So there's really only so much you can do in a day on your writing, to be honest. Um, so I think the moral of this Avatar stuff before I jump into the next topic is just to be aware. Try your best to not stress yourself out. I have a real hard issue with stress and I really don't know how to manage my stress but um, if you are able you should definitely try to manage that and uh, overall I think it's important to keep an eye on the market basically I think that's what I'm getting at keep an eye on the market not just books but keep an eye out on movies I guess I think Avatar is going to be such a huge thing and that's why I've kept my eye on it for so long it could really shift the market for movies and for a lot of things, really. So I think it's important to keep your eye out on anything that might help or hurt your book. Um, and I know a lot of people write to market and all of that. And in order to do that, you've got to write really quickly. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's the best way to be a novelist. I am not in it to write as many books as I can. I'm in it to write the books that fill me with passion. I'm in it to, first of all, write this first book that I've felt so passionate about for so long and these subsequential books that take place later. And then after that, I might not even write any more books. I'm sure I will have more ideas come up later. But, like, this is, the, this is the thing. This is the project that I've been wanting to finish for more than 10 years. This is, this is literally it. This is all, all I've wanted, is to finish this dang book. Writing to market is not my thing. 
Um, I could probably get into that, but I don't think I'm going to. I am, I don't think I'm a fan of just like mass market books in general. I, but I also am probably knocking it before I try it because I've never actually read that. Um, I guess genre books. I've never read that sector of books. I think the closest I've gotten to reading a book that is kind of like by an author that produces a lot of books basically, which is Dean Koontz. I read, I don't even remember because I was, I was quite young and, um, it was my stepdad's book and I just, I heard it was good or whatever and I read it, whatever. No, it didn't stick with me because it wasn't, that's not my cup of tea, I guess. Um, so yeah, th those kinds of books. I'm into standalone books. I'm into great books and great gems. I really want to find those gems. I want to find those literary works that that speak to me on a on a speculative fiction level. Uh, another book that I'm actually going to reread before I get into the next thing, and I know I keep saying, uh, my, my husband really loves the science fiction book called Ring World. I don't know the author, but I read it a while back and it was before all of this. And I was not a fan because I thought it was weird. And I thought like, I couldn't like really picture what was going on. I think I was just 99% confused the whole time. But I'm definitely going to reread that and see if I if I can spot different things now. Now that I'm like, now that I can see what's happening inside a book, outside of just the words that you're reading, the story that you're reading. So, I don't know. I'm still on my journey, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock anyone's work before I try it, obviously. So. Moral of the story is just pay attention to the market, even if you're not writing to market. That's the moral. And I was, so I was um, just telling you about how I fixed the pace of the scene that I'm writing. And the way that I was able to do it and the way that I was able to tell what needed to happen was that I was reading it out loud. And... I think you might be surprised at how much reading your work out loud tells you whether or not you're able to say it with cadence without tripping up on the words or without getting confused. I think it's important for it to flow. So I was reading that whole scene out loud and then when I got to the brackets that I marked the areas that I was like, ah, uh, this is rough, this is rough, this is rough, this is not good. I started tripping up and then I realized immediately, this is too slow, this needs to go quicker. This needs to be action, this needs to be short sentences, this needs to be, you know, less ING and more EDs, if that makes sense, because that, that quickens the pace and... It also allows you for more um, 
shorter sentences. So I fixed that, I rearranged things, I edited it, and now I have to continue writing the scene because I didn't actually finish the scene. And then once I do that, once I finish it, I'm going to go back through and edit it, and I'm probably going to read it at least four or five more times out loud to myself. And the other perk of reading your work out loud is, especially for me, because I have a hard time enunciating my words, and I do not like speaking out loud, which is why this podcast was such a huge leap for me. The other thing that it helps is your ability to enunciate. (laughs) It helps you with the flow of your words and it gets you more practiced in reading your work out loud. Say if you one day are at a book reading or something. I, I don't know that I'll ever do those. I don't know that that's something that I want. I feel like I'm going to be the type of author that's going to be just hiding away because I hide behind my business. I'm fine hiding behind my novel and like just letting people enjoy it and not and not getting too crazy about it. Um, but it does help me with my enunciation. So for me, I think maybe it's helping me be better for the podcast, honestly. That's really the main thing. Um, but yeah, read your work out loud. Check out the markets. And... I am not ripping off Avatar 2. That's the moral of today's episode. And that's really all I've got. So thanks again for listening. I hope to get more of these out there because we all just need like nature and less news in our lives and more interesting, thought-provoking discussions. I'll talk to you next time.